Hello, and thanks for joining us for another episode of The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, where each episode we bring you a fresh and insightful interview featuring one of the film industry's top directors, conducted by one of their peers. You can subscribe to our podcast on Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher, or on our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash the director's cut. And if you're enjoying the director's cut, please take a moment to like, share, or comment. We love hearing your feedback. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director Mike White's new film, Brad's Status. Starring Ben Stiller, the comedic drama tells the story of Brad, whose comfortable life in suburban California isn't quite what he imagined during his glory days in college. When he decides to show his college-bound son around Boston where he went to school, he can't help comparing his life with those of his four best college friends, whose successful lives and glamorous jobs make him wonder whether he's a failure or the most successful of them all. In addition to Brad's status, Mr. White's credits include the feature film Year of the Dog, the movie for television Mama Dallas, and episodes of the television series Enlightened. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Mr. White spoke with director Miguel Arteta about filming Brad's status. During their conversation, Mr. White discusses how he wanted the movie to have energy yet still have a naturalistic feel, his approach to directing the vast amount of voiceover throughout the film, and the pleasure he gets when the audience isn't quite sure whether to laugh or be upset at a scene. Wow, thanks everybody for coming and staying. Ah. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How you doing, Mike? Good. Um, so I wanted to, uh, to ask you, when you were making this movie, yes. did you have a moment where you were like having a very hard time? Did I have a moment that was a very hard time? Uh, I, honestly, it was like the funnest time I've ever had making something i think <laughs> just in the sense like it was like i i mean for me i'm not a director most of the time i i find it stressful to direct i try to like yeah i i give you movies to i like i, I like i find a reason to not do it because it's like i'm kind of a writer at, in nature and would rather just like you know like leave me alone kind of person but i i uh so like you know for me to i i try to figure out a way to like create a, a situation where it's not stressful and it's not it doesn't have conflict and figure out which people to hire who I know I'm not gonna yeah have beef with or whatever <laughs> so like I was I don't know somehow I managed to do that and and we had we shot in Montreal which was I was like fought tooth and nail I was like it takes place because uh, you know Massachusetts has a big like rebate or something so i was like it takes we shoot a message like but i guess because the exchange rate it was much better to shoot in montreal and i, I was like nah. and then i got up there i was like this place is awesome like i loved montreal and i don't know the cast was awesome and we shot a couple days in honolulu and a few days in boston and i don't know it was fun <laughs> is that the right answer i don't know yeah it was fun um uh, when you is your favorite part writing directing or editing uh Well, I like my definitely my favorite part is writing. Uh that I feel like the most like I don't know, like stimulated. 
And then editing, I would say, is a close second. I really, I really enjoy. I mean, because it's like writing. It's like you're just trying to make things better, and you can manipulate it, and it's very intimate, and you're just with the thing. And and then directing is is fun when 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 everybody's like, yeah, when it's the right, you know. It's like, but I'm the kind of person like if somebody's not doing what you know, it's like if there's like, yeah, I just want to like go lie on my bed and like. <laughs> so I so yeah, that that is more fraught, but I en I do enjoy it, and it's fun to be with people and making something and and yeah. So, uh, what was your approach? I know you work with the same creative creative team, uh, cinematographer and production designer from Enlighten. I don't know if you guys have seen Enlighten. It's, it's an incredible TV series. Uh, uh, Javi uh, and Richard. Yeah. What was the approach visually? How do you... How, uh, what was your guys' approach to this movie to, to figure out how it was going to look? Um, well, Enlighten was a little bit more um, studio. like, uh, I, And I just felt like with this one, I... I, because I, I wrote it, I, I like my goal, because I knew there was a ton of voiceover, but then the scenes themselves, I tried to write them the most uh, naturalistic, as more naturalistic than even other stuff I've done, where I just was like, I don't I just wanted to feel written. I just wanted to feel very like, uh, yeah, like casual and and re and real, uh, and so I wanted the movie to look more, yeah, just kind of um, have a little energy, but but to be a little more. Uh, so not so not so artificial. So try to make it feel natural by making it more handheld and kind of uh, in that in that vein. And then as far as the the fantasies would be a little bit more you know stylized, I guess it's kind of obvious. Um, what was your approach to like like getting the performance from Ben? I think is like this is Ben's best performance in my opinion. Like he's never been this vulnerable ever. And uh, I yes. And, uh, you know, he's he's a great actor. He's done great work. But I feel like you got something out of him where he, uh, you almost, it almost feels like you caught him unexpectedly, like just being himself almost. Like it's like uh, it feels so real and it feels so heartfelt. And, and, and he's so willing to swing from being, you know, acting horribly towards his child to being like really, really, really you, you can feel for him. Um, what what was it like trying to get to the performance from him? Um, well, honestly, when he read the script, he was like, I so relate to this character, which I thought was funny. I was like, I just realized, you know, it's like, okay, so you do too. So, like, I guess that just proves that, like, success does not equal happiness. <laughs> uh, and and I think he really did. I mean, I caught him in a place uh, in his life where I feel like he was, he just, yeah, he he uh, he was ready to just kind of, give himself over in a way that was really um yeah unexpected and cool for me and then I felt like uh what was interesting for me is like I'm used to working with actors like I've acted like Molly Shannon was in the last movie I did and then Laura Dern was the star of Enlightened and and then and like Jack Black or like very elastic faces like yeah. people who even when they're just be in life are like you know very super expressive and that and when i experience things like i am that way too and so I, like ben was very it was real subtle and at the time i was like is this even like i like i could tell he did not want to pull you know it's like he's done comedies he's like he was like it was very conscientious of like he doesn't want to pull faces and i didn't want him to do that either but i was just like is this even gonna like and i was and then I, when i was editing i was like oh it's all there 
I just, I guess I should have sat closer to the monitor or something. It was, I mean, I saw it, but it was like, it was like, it, it, honestly, it was like, even in the editing, I had even more like, yeah, it was, yeah, sometimes you get sick of the thing you're looking at. And I was like, oh, each time I think, oh, oh, he's thinking. Um, I also think uh, Austin Abrams, who plays the kid, I think is an like, incredible performance, right? Uh, um, I thought he was a revelation. Uh, it's it's so restrained, and yet at the same time you can see exactly what he's thinking. Very hard to play a dumb teenager that is extremely smart. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, what was it like working with him? Well, he put himself on tape, and his audition was like because most of the parts you just have to offer to people. You don't really see the you know you don't hear it or see it before you're on set usually, or unless you have a read through or something. And so like his audition, it was like. Yeah, it was the first time I was like, "Oh, maybe we can make this like this." And and honestly, he was fully baked. Before, like I would try to adjust him, and then I'd be like, "No, just do what you're doing. Like just whatever that is. Just do, you're like a pot of gold. Just do it." So, I mean, to be honest, like he just had a weird, fully yeah. It was. He, I just thought he got the whole thing of like a kid who is like just ready to get out but like doesn't want to show it like he's trying to poker face because he knows that like if he makes a face or something like the parent will be like what what's wrong like and it's just like i just don't want any i just like let's just get through this you know and uh i remember feeling that that when i was like yeah you know, in high school and, and it just felt very real to me uh, who do you relate to more uh brad or his son uh hmm uh, I don't know. I, 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 I am, I definitely have a Brad. I lie in bed and like, eh, sometimes. And, uh, I, yeah, I feel like I have depressive periods, which is, I think he's depressed, you know, he's depressed, obviously he's depressed. And it's, it's funny reading like people's response to the movie is like, oh, that person's never been depressed. Well, <laughs> it's like, what the f get a grip. <laughs> have you ever been depressed? I don't know. Uh, and so uh, there's that. But I also, I am also, yeah, I can generally, I can, I can get a grip. <laughs> um, I have, a, this is a three-part question. What's your favorite scene from Ben, your favorite scene from Austin, and your favorite scene from the movie, or, or your favorite segment from the movie? Um, well, I love Ben in the scene where he hears that his son uh, can get into Harvard, and it's like he's, you know, yeah, it doesn't matter the labels. I and mean, he's like, well, I could get into Harvard. And he's like, and it's like suddenly there's like a life in him. He's like, Ugh. it's like waked up. He like just wakes up, and and uh, I just thought it was funny the way he was in there. It felt so real to me. And uh, and then obviously Austin. It was funny because like when we did that last scene, the scene where he tells his dad that he loves him. You know, we did Ben, um, you know, many ankles and many ways, and, da, 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 and then we turned on Austin, and he just did the scene, and I was like <laughs> crying. The thing I was like, I think we have this. I was like, no, 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 we got to do it again because Ben's will freak out if I just move on. <laughs> but uh, uh, so I, yeah, we. Uh, but I thought he was, yeah, it was just like I don't know. It just, yeah, it touched me in some way, and so, and I think that scene is a scene. I, I, yeah, it was, it's it was amazing. cool. Uh, is there a, se a sequence in the movie that you're like most pleased with? A uh, uh, sequence that I'm most pleased with? I don't know. Yeah. What? Okay. Uh, <laughs> hmm. uh, well, what's funny is actually, I well, there's a story is that I we did have a different image at the end, like the scene where they're walking on the beach together. 
was a different image and I was that had I Austin just wanted to come to Hawaii. He wasn't even supposed to be any of those things. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, if he's going to be there, we should get something with them. And then I like, I was like, well, maybe like something of them walking on the beach. And I was like, well, would they be in their swimsuits or something? That's weird. <laughs> walking on them. Like he's fantasizing them in swimsuits. On the, like, no. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe they should wear the clothes. And like, we were already on our way to Hawaii. So we actually got a PA to, because there was too, not enough time to send the clothes, like a PA we were able to like purchase a ticket. So like some lucky PA got to, got to fly with the clothes and she stayed for like three months after we left. She was like the best thing. It was like, we changed her life. So whatever happens in the movie, we changed a PA's life. So an angel gets its wings. Amazing. Well, I'd like to open it up to a few questions from the audience. Uh, if you guys can speak up, it'd be great. Um, go ahead, sir. The question is whether the voiceovers were always part of the concept or did they change? Yeah, I mean, to me, I wanted to, I mean, for me, it was about a guy's thought, like, you know, because there's not a lot of drama in the in the real life of him. And so that was kind of the conceit was that, like, somebody where, like, it's just he's going around, you know, Cambridge but that, like, in his head, it's like, I'm up, I'm down. It's like where you're getting those weird, like, roller coaster feelings and the, I felt like the only way I could do that is to do voiceover. Oh yeah, that's, I mean they were improving on the script, so like they were. It was some of it was written, but yeah, it was it was it was it was supposed to like work with what the voiceover was. Yeah, yeah, the voiceover was all written. How, how was it like directing the voiceover when you're like working with Ben uh, to to get the the right voiceover? Well, he wanted to like hear it in an earwig in his head, and I was like, no, that's not because I was like, this could change. Like I don't, I don't know. Like it was like it felt a little too like um, literal or something. But I, but uh, how was it to direct it? It do was you, easy. Do you, you just? <laughs> yeah. It's like there'll be voice over here. You recorded it before you shot the movie or after? We did record some when we shot it just so the editor could use it to, you know, put it all together. Yeah. But it changed, you know. Um, we did a couple takes. Uh it was pretty much what I mean the script didn't really change from initially, but like that's just cuz like I you know, I don't know. My process I try to like not write as long as I like I try to like make it all whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Like once it's done, it's like I, I don't know. I don't know what else to do. It's, I'm. I don't know what to do. Uh, but uh, uh, then, uh, as far as the scenes, yeah, we shot it a couple times. But those guys were. It was so weird. It was like because it, it was like 15 pages of. It was like in the script. It was super long, and they both knew all their lines, and they both were like. I mean, they were so prepared and like so. It was like it was just a. It was a pleasure to watch. Like it was just. And Michael Sheen, like, started off, like, more, you know, like, did, it, it was like, the, they were both actors where you could, like, give a thought to, and they could, like, completely integrate it into the entire approach to the scene in a way that was, like, seamless, and it was like, oh. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess I should have more respect for actors. In that moment, no, no, I, no, I do. But I, it's like, uh, yeah, in those moments, you're just like, wow, that's, that's a real thespian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote it like two, literally two years ago to, yeah, right around now, this month or whatever. But, huh, why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, usually you write pretty fast, right? Like the scripts. Uh, you think about them and then write quickly. How long did it take you to write this one? 
I mean, it's like for me, it doesn't take long to write the script. It really just, it's like I try to like, I mean, honestly, I was like chewing on this idea. I wanted to write something about status anxiety for years, you know, like, because I feel like I, I just remember like, you know, like wanting to write personal movies and I would meet other like um, contemporaries who were able to get personal movies out and I would be like, I would know them personally and like know that they were just like these craven, ambitious, like monomaniacs about movies and and like then they would write the movie about a slacker who loves a girl and she's, and it was like, that's not what you're thinking about. You don't think about that for more than like 5% of your brain time. No. You're lying in bed going like, like, I don't know, scrolling through whatever. And I was like, well, it'd be funny to like, just, just, you know, yeah. Come out of the closet as like a petty striving, you know, anxious, you know, competitive person. Yes, sir. (laughs) You mean the very end? Like him lying in bed? Well, that was, that was the most contentious part of the post process as far as like the studios. They're like, can't you leave the audience with a little more pep in their step as they're coming out of the theater? And I, and, and like, so we would like, I don't know, I tried things and it was just like, this guy is not going to ever be that. It's like, I'm happy. Like, I don't know, especially like Ben's face and the cold white light. And it was like, no. Uh, so I, you know, to me, it was like, you know, ultimately, I think it's a, it's a midlife crisis movie, which I guess is a pejorative phrase, but like a midlife crisis movie is in the sense that like, I think that he's dealing with the finitude of his life, you know? And so like, my hope was that like, it would feel like, you know, you know, he's, that sometimes these anxious thoughts that like are about the comparative anxiety stuff is really just a mask for even a deeper anxiety, which is a more profound and real thing, which is like, yeah, life and death and like, here, we're still alive. This is the gift. We're alive. So, um, on a lighter note, uh, uh, this movie is really texture with cutaways, cutaways of, of, of extras, cutaways of things. Even one of the, la- in the last scene, you know, there, there's like a cutaway of, of the, you know, of the shears blowing in the wind. Um, I, I, which is very hard to do with, with finesse. What was that like for you? I mean, like the selection of the extras is incredible and, and the directing of them. I mean, like a lot is told from the movie from what he sees. He watches people playing games. He watch, you know, like he's always, he watches like his professor's last, you know, like the box of his professor's photos. Um, was that something you were conscious about, like adding another layer of texture to the whole movie with the extras and the cutaways or? Uh, I, I mean, uh huh. I don't really know. Uh, I mean, for me, I like to be very subjective. I like to like. I, I mean, most of my movies, it's it's never multi-character. It's all. I mean, even I did a series, and it was like just one. We just followed her, and I like to be inside the. Per- it's like virtual reality, but like an emotional virtual reality, and I, I like. Uh, you know, and, and usually I write characters that are more oddballs. That like my hope is by the end people have compassion for or like you're like oh oh my god that's actually me like I didn't realize that or whatever uh and so I I feel like yeah so I want to see what they see I want to like yeah so I'm trying to that's yeah put them in their point of view yeah just feel like oh like you're in it with them even if you don't want to be them you're like and then at some point maybe you're a little bit more in it with them 
Um, do you find those extras sometimes are, are a little confused that they're actually getting some direction? <laughs> well, we were in French Canada, so there was, yeah, a lot of confused extras. <laughs> um, all right. Another question, sir? We did some read-through. I don't really like rehearsal because, I don't know, the longer the rehearsal process, the more actors have ideas. <laughs> and then they buttonhole you and they're like, you know, da, da, da. And like, yeah. <laughs> I had a dream about my character and in the dream, uh, no, I was terrible. So yeah, so we didn't do a lot of rehearsals and like, I don't, I, you know, it's like a, you know, I, I mean, if it was like a stage, I, I like for me, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they were ready to go, for sure. And like I I mean I mean these were actors that like it yeah, but I but yeah. What? Uh yeah, no, we didn't do a ton. Um were your investors supportive of you from the start? <laughs> <laughs> did you when did they let you go? Uh, I mean they were like once we had the money, once it was all yeah, it was it was it was, you know, it was actually it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I mean, we had these really, I mean, it, you know, the movie is basically a lot of like little montages or dreams, like, like, and then these really long scenes. And so there would be like, you know, a lot of longer than most screenplays where like, you know, six or 10 page screen uh, scenes. But um, I actually like the very, the last scene with Michael Sheen, it's interesting, like, was like, I, I mean, this is like me getting something wrong, like, Michael Sheen came in and he was vicious, and it was like, and I was like, no, 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 like, I, like, it just felt too vicious, I was like, no, just like, and then I was like, just, just be, you know, like, try to, you know, you're, you are, like, you don't know, you're, you don't think you're, you know, making, I tried to make it, I tried to tone it down, tone it down, tone it down, and then in the end, I used the, like, the, it went back to, like, what, I was, like, it just, it, uh, like, for me, I, uh, I think I'm, I'm afraid of it feeling too, anything too, yeah, but then I, but then when you, when you put it together, you're, like, oh, thank you, thank you for, you know, bringing the juice, and, like, uh, <laughs> I was, you know, sometimes, yeah, you're wrong about your own shit for sure. Yes, ma'am. That's weird that I can't think right now. Well, it was originally, um, I'm honestly having a blank. That's so weird. You would think that I would uh, know. That, that's a good sign. Like, I mean, that's a good sign. I know, but like, I'm like having some kind of blank. I don't know. That's a good sign. The idea was originally he was thinking about his, he was, it was a, him with, him in college with Michael Sheen. He was remembering him being young and remembering them being friends before they were, you know, it's like as before they were like defined by their, the choices of their life, you know, like where they were unformed and just young and like, and, and having this memory of that. And it had the same sort of effect kind of idea, but I, you realized that like, you know, I guess the point was like, I was trying to tell a midlife crisis movie, but I wanted it to be sort of a stealth father son movie. And I was like, no, it's really about his, yeah, it's not about Michael Sheen. It's about the son. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it is a more, I mean, I don't know what that would have felt like. I don't know how you guys feel right now, but, like, that probably would have been even more of a downer. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask about the two women in the film that really affect him, you know, his wife, Jenna Fisher, and uh, 
the lovely actress that plays Anaya. Uh, Her name's uh, Shazi Raja. Yeah, they're both both incredibly incredible actresses and and cast incredibly in the parts. But it's interesting how they really define him in like really different ways. Uh, um, uh, what was the casting process for for Jenna Fisher? Because I feel like she's never been cast as well. As this, like she, she was so. I just know her personally, and so I was like, oh, I think she'd be. I mean, I knew she had the qualities that would be good for it, and she's funny and likable, and and all of that. And and then as far as Shazi, we were looking for like an Indian American actress who could play the flute and was beautiful, and it was like, Whoa. and so it was just like I don't know, a miracle. What, what, I mean, not that there's, yeah, a lot of Indian American flute playing actresses out there, but yeah, no, we just didn't know. Like, and she came in and she was awesome. Did she, did she right away? Because she has to really give it to 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 Brad. Like, did she get it right away? Like, what 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 her purpose the was? Actress, to, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think both of us didn't want her to be like a scold because I felt like it could have, as it was written, it could have felt that way and. Um, you just wanted her to be like a, you know, a, like it's almost worse when people are like cheerful and like, you're get a grip, you're, you know, uh, uh, and so yeah, she yeah. was great. Yeah, she was awesome. Two more questions. Yes, over here. French movies, huh? No, I like French movies, but I don't think I'm. I like to me, it's like I want, uh, um. You know, my hope is to like emotionally try to like get you into the headspace of the character, um, and yeah, I, I mean, sometimes I feel like when things are, you know, it's like I remember somebody was like, like when they saw it, it was like it needs more negative space, and I was like, what is negative space? It was like for me, it's like I, I don't know. I come in as a writer, like I want to, like I have, like yeah, there's a yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I, that's I, I would take. I mean, if it's a compliment, I'll take it. I just don't, you know, it's like I don't really know. Well, who were some of your influences for this film? You think for this film? Well, who are some of your influences? Period. You know? Um. I mean, yeah, there's so many, like, you know, obviously, like, growing up, Woody Allen's, like, watching those movies, and, you know, none of these people are that original to, but, like, yeah, Ingmar Bergman, and, and like, Edward Albee, when I was a kid, I would, like, read Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, and, like, <laughs> like the way the words were on the page, and wanted to, like, write like that, and, um, uh, you know... Stephen Sondheim, I loved like the word. I, I like words. I like seeing dialogue on the thing. So like, yeah, playwrights writing. <laughs> uh, do you think Safe? I know you like the movie Safe, right? Uh, yeah. Well, that movie. I like. I like movies like Safe was a movie, or like you know, I think of movies where like, you know, you watch it and you're, you know, it's like. It depends on your mood where it's like if you're in a certain mood, you can come out like just like crushed. And then in certain moods, you see the absurdity of it and you're just laughing. And that was a movie where I, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is the funniest movie I've ever seen. And then sometimes I'll like cap, you know, depending on, I'll watch it. I'm like, oh, God. You know, like, so, uh, yeah. So like for me, I, 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 I like something that has an elastic kind of, uh, which is not necessarily, you know, it's 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 one I find is one of the hardest things as someone making things to accomplish because I think that not only uh, do studio people and executives 
you know, they want their comedies funny and they want their dramas like dramatic and they want, you know, they want, you know, it's like, but I also think audiences want to know, like, you know, I've had, you know, Q and A's with just audiences and they were like, I know I was feeling something. I didn't know what I was feeling. I would it would it like, and, and this sense of like not knowing, uh, how to like, like, yeah, like there's something, I don't know, some perverse pleasure that I get of I'm trying to create almost a new feeling. Because <laughs> I feel like, honestly, I mean, this is, yeah, like, I don't, for me, I feel like those are the things that then I remember. Like, if it's pre-digested or I feel like I'm, like, I know what I, I'm feeling the thing I'm supposed to feel, then it just, it comes in and goes out. But if it's like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, what ah then i i uh it lingers in my brain and like i wrestle with it and and as somebody who makes something that's i guess something that i i get i don't know i get i get some kind of weird i don't I know, know I, why I, but i just do i do like it i like it i i'd like to think about it like movies that have life beyond the frame um and it's also my favorite last question yes sir um we shot like thir thirty three days, uh, and we did like two days in Boston for like obviously like the Cambridge, like the river stuff, and some outside Harvard, and then the rest of it was in Montreal. And then we had two days at the end where we shot like the L.A. stuff and the Hawaii stuff. So it was nice locations. Um, Mike, it's very hard to make a movie where you feel you're entertained and at the same time you're being asked to think things that you've never thought about before. I, I'm, I'm so proud of you. It's an incredibly beautiful film that really makes you think about your own life. Congratulations, dude. Thanks, Miguel. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. Don't forget... You can check out past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll have a lot more for you in the coming months as award season approaches, so stay tuned. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on the great discussions we have coming up. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share, and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally.